Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's get into a Mini. Um, wow, okay. Um, excuse me. Um, just here for the beer. Um, sorry. Uh, shouldn't really be probably calling it that anymore. We're doing primarily kind of sodas, but, um, went back and we're trying another, uh, Olipop, uh, flavor tonight. Um, it's after, so two weeks ago, yeah, the 13th, two weeks ago, we started off with Olipop's, uh, root beer. Very, very happy with that. Um, I went back before we did the episode, rated them a 9.2, um, and tonight we're coming at you guys with strawberry vanilla. Um, I don't absolutely hate it, but I also don't love it. Um, once again, Olipop combines the classic soda you know and love with prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and digestive health. Finally, a refreshing soda that's actually good for you. Um, and yeah, um, plant-powered, like I said, um, non-GMO. Uh, they have all the good stuff. They're vegan and paleo. Um, this one on the can, it says, uh, Your creamiest, fruitiest strawberry sundae meets bubbly soda. A blend of sweet strawberry juice, rich vanilla, and a dash of tangy lemon create a soda that quenches thirst in the most delightful way. Okay, that kind of explains. I wasn't. I wasn't really thinking of this as. After reading that, that makes. That makes more sense to me. Um, a blank. Uh, what they see. Uh, the fruitiest strawberry Sunday meets bubbly soda. Um, I didn't really think of it. Like thinking about this as like a Sunday smoothie kind of a thing, the taste makes more sense because it does feel. Um, it does feel uh, thicker. It gives it kind of a different feel. Personally, this is one of those sodas, like, I'm trying to kind of get healthier here so that I can use this as an excuse for uh, not, not one of my, um, not one of my um, uh, silly, what are they called, New Year's resolutions, and I can say I started it here. Um... I don't know that I would go out of my way to get these again. Like, I wouldn't... Oh, hey, you know, let me drink these. They they have a decent taste. Kind of up front. You're met with the strawberry. Excuse me. A little bit more. And then a little bit more in the aftertaste is where the vanilla... I see it come out. Um... And yet, if you're, again, if you're, they summarize it the most, if you're somebody who likes, um, strawberry, uh, smoothies, strawberry, um, sundaes, this is for you. Um, I like the flavor of it. I just overall am not a huge fan of the thickerness of it. Like we kind of talked last week, um, with the, uh, grape, um, from, uh, Northern, uh, Soda Co. Um. I don't hate it, um, so I'm not going to rate it, you know, low like we rarely ever do. Um, 
but it's it, it it is an easy drink. It's just not a drink of um, my preference. I'll get a I'll give it a four or five. I'll give it a four or five. I think. I think honestly, if it for me personally, being the soda connoisseur over here, <laughs> I think if it were um. I think if it were um, a little thinner and less thicker, I'd give it probably an extra at least point and a half, if not two points, kind of into the top half um, of the of our rating system. Um, but yeah, that's what we got for you guys. Uh, once again, um, these are new kinds of sodas. Like I said, they're good for your gut health. They have a ton of different. Um, they have a ton of different um, sodas, uh, flavors, a bunch of literature for those that don't think that these might not be actually good for you. Um, go check out their website, drinkolipop.com. That's drink, D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com. Um, you can find out where you can... Um, you can find out where you can buy them. You can subscribe to getting um, stuff sent to you on a regular basis. Um and um, you can just look around um, their cool uh, website. They have some other um, things that uh, articles and stuff like that that you can um, mix and make your own concoctions and all that fun stuff too. And um, lastly, before we let you go with um, our drink for the evening, you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, Pinterest, and TikTok. So. That is what we have for you guys tonight um, for our drink of choice. Um, no new news to report on for the men's hockey team tonight, uh, but as a reminder, they will be in Burlington, Vermont, this upcoming weekend, uh, the 29th and 30th. Uh, 29th and 30th, um, taking on the University of Vermont Catamounts on Friday and Saturday. Friday's game will be at 6 p.m. and Saturday's will be at 4 p.m. So good luck to them on their final games of 2023. Um, and then we move on to the basketball teams. Uh, for the men's basketball team, they were in action for one game this past week as their defense really set the tone in a 104-53 win over UW-River Falls, moving to 8-5 on the season. The Purple recorded their largest win of the season uh, in this game by a 53-point margin. This also marked their largest victory since December 14th of 2021 when they beat Northland College by 59 points. Um, and when I say this victory was a well-balanced attack, it really was as there were five Tommies that scored in double figures to go with 68 points off the bench. But they also forced eight turnovers and turned um, those turnovers into 31 points. Sophomore Anjai Lee uh, led all scorers with 14 points on 6 of 8 shooting from the floor and 2 of 2 from 3-point land while also grabbing 5 rebounds. Meanwhile, Ryan Default, or Default continued his hot streak as he recorded 13 points on 6 of 8 shooting as well. From the field with five rebounds and a team high seven assists. The um the last three players in double figures um were Brooks Allen, Parker Brooklyn, and Carter Bur uh C Carter Berkey, who all scored eleven points, shooting a combined twelve for twenty from the floor. So 
uh, huge for them to head into their current Christmas break on a two-game win streak and winning five of their last six games, which is huge. The only loss coming from number seventh currently, still number seventh ranked Marquette. Um, so yeah, coming up for the team, they will be back in action Friday night, uh, kicking off Summit League play in Grand Forks against the North Dakota Fighting Hawks at 7 p.m. Excuse me. Um, and then two nights later on Sunday, they will host the Kansas City Ruse at 2 p.m. Um, the night of the next podcast, uh, they will also kick off their first of two games in the Big Sky uh, slash Summit League Challenge in Moscow, Idaho, as they take on the Vandals. Um, as for the women's team, um, they have been off since December 17th, enjoying an extended Christmas break. Um, even though there is no new news on them, um, they will be playing the opposite of the men's schedule. We just mentioned this upcoming week. So on Friday, the 29th, they will host the North Dakota Fighting Hawks at 1 p.m. before traveling to Kansas City, Missouri for a matchup against the Ruse at 2 p.m. Then after that, the ladies will kick off the new year on the night of the next podcast as well, playing their first of two games in the Big Sky Summit League Challenge, like I mentioned. And for them, they will host the Sacramento State uh, Hornets at 7 p.m. So good luck to both the men's and women's um, men's and women's uh, basketball teams as they close with 2023 and hope to start 2024 on a winning high. Um, and then for the Tommy football team, the, uh, the postseason recognition, man, just keeps rolling in for them as four Tommies were named to the all, the academic all district teams this last Thursday, Thursday, sorry. The academic all district teams recognize the student athletes that play in 50% or more of contests in a given season and maintain a cumulative GPA of 3.5 or higher. The four recipients are as follows. The first one is junior offensive lineman Alec Rasmussen, who continues to rack up the recognition, who on the field assisted in 1,917 rushing yards this season while playing in over 90% of the offensive snaps um, and off the field maintained a 3.84 GPA as a business admin major with a concentration in financial management. Junior linebacker Jonathan Bunce was the second recipient who led the Tommies' stingy defense in tackles with 63. He finished with 7.5 tackles for loss, 4 sacks, 1 pass breakup, and 4 QB hurries. In the classroom, Bunce uh, is a business mad admin major as well with a concentration in operations and supply management who compiled a 3.92 GPA. Excuse me. Um, and then fifth-year defensive back Johnson Fala, um, who tallied 33 tackles this last season, 29 of them solo, and had three interceptions in his final season as a Tommy. Off the field in his last year, he maintained a perfect 4.0 while pursuing a master's in business administration with a concentration in organizational leadership. And lastly, um, senior defensive back Griff Wirtz, who racked up 61 tackles, two interceptions, one and a half tackles for loss, and one pass breakup in the 2023 season. 
His senior year, he picked up a 3.82 GPA as an economic and business major. So needless to say, a huge congratulations to all four of these exceptional student athletes on their um, wonderful work in the classroom and also on the football field on uh, incredible, incredible seasons. Um, and truthfully, I'm just waiting to see what words, awards will be um, headlining next week for this team. Excuse me. Um, and then lastly, before we wrap up our kind of Tommy Town College Corner segment this week, the P.J. Fleck-led Minnesota Golden Gophers came away with a 30-24 to victory yesterday. Excuse me. Um, yesterday in Detroit after a win in the Quick Lane Bowl against Bowling Green, like I said, with it, a 30-24 Um and I have to say, I don't expect a lot of you to have watched this. Uh, that first half was a doozy. Um, 54 um, total points scored in this game. And what's that? Only 19 of those points were scored in the first half. It was um, a tough, tough go. Um both teams, it looked like a promising game. It really did. Um, it looked like a promising game. Um, the first two uh, drives for each team settled in touchdowns. But then after that, Bowling Green sobs um, to end up the half. Turnovers on down. Punt, punt, punt. Field goal, end of half. And the Gophers, after their touchdown, went punt, field goal, punt. Interception, punt. Um, so it was a rough go. Um, fortunately for, uh, Gopher fans, um, we saw them, um, jump out to a 23 to 10 lead, um, 23 to 10 lead, uh, going into the fourth quarter, which was, um, awesome to see. But once again, um, not a great passing day for Cole Kramer as he only completed 8 of 16 passes for only 26 yards even though he threw for two TDs and one interception um but hey a win is a win no matter how you dice it um and um and yeah the the team got it done on the um the team got it done on the uh why can't I, uh, on the ground yet again, as they ran for, excuse me, as they ran for 255 yards, 200 and, um, 205 of those yards came from, or sorry, eight came from Darius Taylor, who also ran in a touchdown too, but, um, I'm telling you guys, if this minute, if PJ Fleck wants this gopher team to be taken seriously under him, um, and he wants to continue to be here for a long time. Um, he needs to invest in a quarterback this season. He needs to invest in a quarterback that has arm strength. I'm, I'm not against this team, you know, getting away from the run game. Obviously, if you have solid running, if you have the offensive line we do, and you have these backs, you got to use it. However, with that said, you cannot, if you want to be taken seriously, you cannot be a one-dimensional team. Um... And what I mean by that is when you play teams within the Big Ten to be taken seriously and may potentially next year play for a Big Ten championship, teams like Michigan, teams like Iowa, shit, teams like, you know, 
Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, a lot of these good teams that know we can run the ball, and we saw it this year too, they're going to pack eight in the box, and they're going to say, look, we're going to stop the run. We're going to make you beat us with your quarterback, and if nothing else, maybe if you don't beat us with your quarterback, we want to see that you have a decent quarterback because, I mean, time and time again, this, this, uh, this, um, with the exception of Tanner Morgan, who I thought was, I didn't think was outstanding. Um, we've really struggled. We have really, really struggled. Um, with this, I don't think Kaliak Manis is the, um, is our guy, even though what Kramer only really played one this last game for us. Kaliak Manis does not have a strong arm. Um, he's not a, I just don't, think he's a great quarterback I don't think Kramer is a, qu- a great quarterback too so um if I'm being completely honest and if PJ like if you are listening um invest in a quarterback um if you want this team to be taken seriously because I mean we already know we're gonna we're gonna be playing um you know most of Iowa Northwestern Wisconsin Nebraska Purdue Illinois because that's in the west and then next year, it's we might actually get a bit of a break because we played both Michigan and Ohio State this year. But next year, we could potentially be playing um, Indiana, Penn State, Maryland, and Rutgers. Those are the four teams, um, right? Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana. Yeah, those are more likely going to be the four teams um, from the East that we play next year. So... Um, should be should be a relatively easier year as Maryland finished a four and five a seven and five um record finished six and six and Indiana finished three and nine. Penn State did finish ten and two. Um but yeah, this PJ Fleck seriously needs to invest in a quarterback um for us to be taken seriously. So last time I'm gonna say that. And with that we are going to jump into our um our local business shout out for the weekend this week we're going to a place that i actually went to for the first time and would recommend to anybody interested in skydiving yes you heard me correctly this last weekend i went to i fly um minneapolis located in um minnetonka minnesota right outside of the ridgedale um shopping mall so um, yes, if you have not been there and you are interested in skydiving, check it out. Check it out. Um, you can go there and you can buy your your flight and stuff like that right then and there. You can also go on their website. It's just iflyworld.com. And, um, yes, when, when I say, like, I'm not going to lie to you guys, um, skydiving has always been kind of on my bucket list. Um... And I am super, super glad I did. I I did. I fly. I actually had my uh, sisters-in-law actually got me a voucher to do it, and um, I I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I was I was a little freaked out, a little nervous. wasn't really sure what to expect. But um, if it's your first time, you go through a quick little class. Um, to kind of teach you, you know, what to expect, what you'll be doing, how they're going to help you and what exactly is going to happen. Um, 
super self-explanatory and super fun. Um, but yeah, like I said, if I would even say, even if you're not interested in skydiving, but you want to do something different, um, do this. Um, if you have afraid of, if you're afraid of heights, I would say you could still probably do this as if you go on their website, unless you are, uh, unless you pay for it, they will not bring you higher than a foot or two off the ground or off the mesh that, um, you stand on that blow, uh, the wind blows through. Um, but yes, you guys, you guys got to check them out. Um, for those that are interested, you can actually find videos and stuff of them on YouTube as well as Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, but I urge you guys go check them out. Their website is iflyworld.com. Um, they host parties and events. They have programs that you can do uh, for STEM, like STEM field trips, Girl Scouts, Scouts, um, Flight School, Coaching, kind of all that stuff. So go check them out. You will not be disappointed. And let me know what you think. Excuse me. Um, so as we get into the um, second half of the podcast, um, it's come to my attention. Um, some people have reached out to me. Apparently, <coughs> excuse me. Apparently, um, the audio for our pro sports segment the last two weeks um, weren't available to um, some people or most people. Um, I officially found a different platform and we'll be using that and I will actually be recording this, uh, twice tonight. Um, and I really, really do apologize. I, I can't remember everything that was said the last two weeks, so I apologize, but I will try to do the best I can, um, to remember kind of, uh, some of the stuff and, um, go from there. So with that, um, the first topic, um, in our pro sports, uh, the Minnesota Wild. So last week, I know um, at the beginning of the 2023 NHL Wild season here, um, I told you guys we were going to do a good job of uh, what we started to try to do last season and didn't do a great job of doing, <laughs> is following the Wild um, better and having a mini weekend, um, excuse me, a mini weekend uh, player of the week on a weekly basis. And not two weeks ago, but last week, we did it for the first time. Um, and for those that are curious, um, the first um, mini weekend player of the week that we did last week for um, the games of the Calgary Vancouver games, both games that went into shootouts, um, the Pittsburgh loss, and then the Boston win. Um, was none other than our Kirill Kaprizov, um, the dude in the um, in the first or in those four games last week, like I mentioned, <coughs> um, compiled uh, two of our ten goals um, and managed uh, three points, including a game winner in that uh, game in Boston. Um, and really was everywhere. I know the two, the other two. Um, wins um there weren't as many goals scored because technically winning in the shootout there are only two goals and everything like that and two one going into a shootout only one goal that really counts 
Um, he's just been playing, I think, a lot lights out a lot better lately. Um, you know, I look at kind of some of the stats and uh, remember watching some of those games. And there are other couple other guys. Brock Faber has been playing outstanding. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if the Wild continue to go up and um, with how crappy we started the season, if we're able to crawl into you know a one or two spot in the central, um, Brock Faber should be a favorite or a sleeper uh, for rookie of the year. So there were a couple other people we could have gone with, um, but considering Kirill kind of by his standards had a, a slow start to the season, um, I think he's really been playing well lately, like I said, in the four games last week, um, including uh, the four games last week. Um, you know, the three points, it, it, it honestly, it kind of amazed me. It, it seemed like he was all over the ice in those four games. So I almost feel like he had more than just those three uh, points with the game-winning goal. Um, so moving on to this week, there was a little bit of break uh, within the, <coughs> within the uh, uh, Christmas break there. Um, but we counted uh, tonight's earlier game against Detroit um, <coughs> because I just I figured... Um, we would just with the break. So with those three games, obviously went three and zero, huge, huge, huge. Um, but if you guys didn't know, um, for the second straight week, we're going with Kirill Kaprizov. Um, this time around, in just these last three games, he has three goals and six points, um, including another game winner, and once again was just everywhere these last three games. And if you really look at um, the work he's done for his two straight um, mini weekend player of the week. Um, I mean, that's what, seven, seven games and um, seven games. And in the last seven games, he has five goals and nine points, including two game winning goals. Um, that's just, that's just outstanding. That's outstanding. Um, I think looking at, you know, in the NHL, looking at your special teams, um, weren't out of this world. The power play uh, was 23.1% these last three games. They were 3 for 13. Not, by NHL standards, isn't terrible. The top power plays tend to be, if my memory serves me right, you know, in the low to mid-30s. Um, and around 25% isn't bad, um, but still still need to pick it up. I mean, they had six opportunities in Montreal, and even though they won in overtime, um, when you get six power play opportunities, you should be able to cash in on at least three of them. Um, and they were two for six uh, in Boston. They were only one for five. And then Detroit, I, I didn't think Detroit was a nasty team, but I kind of, I didn't think they were super, I don't usually think they're super clean either. And they only gave us two opportunities, and we weren't able to cash in on either of them earlier tonight. Um, but, man, I'm telling you, if if this last week we could have tightened up the penalty kill, we could have won even. We could have been even better. Um, we were 6-for-9 on the penalty kill, uh, which is only 66.7%, which <coughs> NHL standards, that's bad. That's bad. Um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't seem like... Um, doesn't seem terrible because he gave up three goals, but I want to say penalty kills are usually in the 80 and um, 
mid 70s to 80s um by the end of the season most good teams um so really really got to tighten that up i mean if you're giving up we gave up at least one power play goal all all three games um uh we gave up actually one precisely one power play goal per game um and that would have made all the difference making these more um not just last night's game, but even um, the Montreal and Boston game at home, um, <coughs> making them just um, overall better games and not making them look as close, which obviously would have been nice and would have been preferred. So, um, yeah, that is uh, what we have here. Um, excuse me uh, for the wild. Now um, coming up for them, they will be... Uh, in Winnipeg on, um, what's that going to be, uh, the 30th, <coughs> excuse me, on uh, Saturday the 30th, they will be in Winnipeg for a home-and-home -home series um, at 2 p.m., and then Sunday at 1, New Year's Eve, they will be back in Minnesota taking on uh, the Winnipeg Jets, um, the Winnipeg Jets, and then to start the beginning of the season, they will be in action uh, hosting the Calgary Flames um, at 7 p.m. on Tuesday <coughs> the 2nd. So that is what they have on tap for their next three games this upcoming week. Uh, so with that, we will move on to the Timberwolves, um, which actually um, brings up um, our one and only question of the night. Um, Jasmine wants to know, Jack, what happened <laughs> against the Thunder for the Timberwolves? And truthfully, Jasmine, um, they um, they were just outplayed. They were just outplayed. And truthfully, really good team. Like that, <coughs> excuse me, that happens to the best of teams every once in a while. I think earlier in the season, I can't remember exactly when I, I got to start doing a better job of keeping track of this stuff for you guys. But I remember earlier in the season um, when the Minnesota Timberwolves were really starting to find success early on in the season. I think it was about early to mid-November when we were, I think, like eight or nine and two or three. Um, and really in that first spot right away, um, I remember we talked about, you know, for them to keep this, that doesn't mean they need to keep winning every single game. <coughs> they just can't let the losses amount. And, I mean, knock on wood, they haven't lost back-to-back -back games all season here. <coughs> it, you know, so it's okay to have off nights. It's okay to be outplayed. Um, you just have to, you know, get your stuff together. You know, Anthony Edwards still had a very good game, uh, 25 points, 7 assists, uh, six rebounds. Unfortunately, <coughs> fortunately for a guy like Anthony Edwards, he is going to be taking quite a bit of shots. I don't think I would call him a ball hog, um, but you know he he's by and far the best player on our team. So he's uh, so he's going to um, excuse me. Um, so he's just going to. Um, be taking the brunt of our, the brunt of our, um, shots, because that's who you want your best, 
you clearly want your best player taking, you know, big shots and letting him have that range and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's going to be nights where he's just not feeling it, and that's okay. And we've already seen there have been nights where he's not feeling it and other guys step up and we win and, you know, he's not feeling it and, you know, we lose and that's okay. Um, you know, so like I said, yeah, you know, <laughs> in a perfect world, you um, you never want your favorite teams to lose, right? You always want them to win and all that um, stuff. You only want to see them do good. So, you know, it it sucks, but um, hopefully they can rebound. The Dallas Mavericks are going to be coming to town tomorrow night. Um, excuse me, 7 o'clock um, for a game. And, you know, hopefully they can bounce back. Like I said, I think, you know, good teams always find a way to... Everybody loses, everybody wins, you know. The the season is long. Um, <clears throat> I mean, cripes, tomorrow night's game is only going to be the 30th game of the season. So we're not even halfway through the season yet. Um, but this team is on pace and primed to do very, very good things. Um, so making sure that... You know, we come back tomorrow night, we either get the dub, or if we get a close loss, we bounce back um, against the Lakers, who, again, have been struggling. Um, You know, like I said, you just don't, you never, you don't want to see, regardless of how good or bad your team is, unless you're the Detroit um, Pistons, you don't want to see the losses pile up, because We've seen it with the Wild. That's how you get yourself into trouble. And then that's when you start, like, look at the Wild. I mean, we kind of moved on from the Wild, but the Wild are a perfect example of it. Um, now they're in a position where they're hot. I mean, shit, they've won, I think, seven of their last nine or seven of their last ten or something like that. And they're still, I think, the second to the last in the division. Um because, yeah, it's been great that they've been winning, but the teams ahead of them are winning too. So when you dig yourself that big of a hole in order to get back up there, you need to keep winning, and you especially need to keep winning against the teams that are ahead of you. And when you're not playing the teams ahead of you, you need them to lose. And we've talked about this time and time again on the podcast. You never want to be in a position where you're relying on other teams' um, gameplay to a help you out like you want to be able to control your own destiny again lucky for us you know the like i said game uh the game tomorrow night will be the 30th game of the nba season and i think the wild have played 33 maybe 34 games so there's still a lot of time left um but the timberwolves i think the timberwolves are sitting just fine you know again Coming up for them, Jasmine, in the next week, they got, uh, like I said, the Lakers at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Um, and then they, on New Year's Day, they will be in New York at 2 p.m. for a game against the Knicks. <coughs> and then, um, night of the next podcast, they will be um, hosting the New Orleans um, Pelicans. And then Houston, Dallas, Orlando, I mean... Regardless of how tomorrow night goes against Dallas, after that game, um, Lakers, Knicks, New Orleans, Houston, Dallas, Orlando, seven very easily winnable games, and then hopefully we can go into Boston on January 10th 
beat them for the second time and show that, you know, we're the top team in the NBA and we're not to be screwed with. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Jasmine, great question. Thank you for the question. You, you know, I'm not really too concerned about that. Um, but, again, you never, let's be honest with ourselves, you never want the Timberwolves, if you're a Timberwolves fan, you never want them to lose. Um, but nights like that are going to happen. I mean, because every once in a while, I mean, look at two losses ago. We lost to the New Orleans Pelicans when, um, who was it? The um, Zion went out for like 51. That happens every once in a while. And if you're a good team, sometimes you're sometimes you're able to overcome that big game, and sometimes you're not. And as long as again you're not letting these losses pile up, and you're losing three five in a row, and then winning three five in a row, and letting everything offset. Even even the greatest team in history lost. Um, I shouldn't say greatest. Even the best regular season record team lost nine games um are they gonna match that i highly doubt that because that would in their last 50 53 games that would require them to go 51 and 2 again love to see it i don't think it's very doable so um yeah that's that's what i have uh, for the timberwolves they've been playing well um Cat, uh, or Rudy Gobert is a double-double machine. Anthony Edwards is playing like he's a legitimate candidate for MVP. And um, Carl Anthony Towns is playing well. Nas Reed is coming off the bench and giving minutes. Everybody's playing well. This is a great team to watch. So if you're not excited about this team, um, go watch them and you will get excited. So, um... Before we let you go for the night, um, the NFL and the Vikings, um, obviously a very hard, um, a very, very hard game to watch, (coughs) um, this last week against the, against the Lions, truthfully, I think, you know, if you're the league, if you're the Vikings, wanting that last game in Detroit to be for who's going to get a wild card spot and who's going to get the division would have been picture perfect, would have been <coughs> flipping awesome. <coughs> um, just um, just isn't the way it was. Um, so, yeah, if you guys haven't, um, haven't already heard or known... Um, with Detroit's win, they win this last weekend against us. They win the NFC North. Um, and truthfully, it was it was a tough and it was a hard game to watch. But um, it wasn't the worst game I've seen because despite <coughs> freaking Nick Mullins throwing, what was it? Was it three? I can't remember off the top of my head. Was it three or four? It was four interceptions. <coughs> four interceptions. Um, we only lost by six points and we were literally about to score a game tying touchdown and you threw his fourth interception, uh, which sealed the game. So it sucks. You hate to see it. Um, 
But hey, like I said at the beginning of the year, you got to give credit when credit's due. Detroit has been playing exceptionally well. I don't, they're definitely a playoff team. I don't know how much I would put them in the conversation for um, Super Bowl contenders. As much as I hate to admit it, I think say, um, I think um, the Eagles and Dallas are both better. And even San Francisco as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, on to the next game. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about that, um, I've actually been talking about with a lot of friends and family this last week is I don't really know if this is a, a popular opinion or an unpopular opinion. I'd probably have to say unpopular opinion because I think 99.9% of Vikings fans want the Vikings to make the playoffs. <laughs> Believe me, I am not about to sit here and tell you guys I do not want them to make the playoffs. Let me be very clear. I want them to make the playoffs, and I want them to magically get lucky and win the Super Bowl this year. However, you have two games left, okay? You got two games left. So in my opinion, if you're Kirk, and not Kirk, if you're Kevin O'Connell, Kweisi, Spielman, if you're all these guys, and it pains me because they haven't come out yet, hopefully tomorrow they will, um, but they haven't announced the starter for the last two games, but it is, in my opinion, it's more important for the Vikings to play Jaron Hall these last two games and see what they have in him versus making the playoffs. And let me make something very clear. <laughs> if we can see what we have in Jaron Hall and make the playoffs, perfect. That's the best of both worlds. My only point I'm trying to make is unless Jaron Hall gets injured again, knock on wood, he should be playing 60 minutes against the Packers and then 60 minutes in Detroit to see what we have in him. Listen to these stats. In these last two games, Nick, Mull Nick Mullins has always been and will always be a backup quarterback. His last two games, he threw for 714 yards on, what's that like, 70... 71 completion percentage with four touchdowns, but six interceptions. All four interceptions. I can't remember the ones in Cincinnati as well. I think for sure one was, but all four interceptions against the Detroit Lions were under throws. And those are just completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. So as far as I'm concerned, <clears throat> you play Jaron Hall because one of two things are going to happen. Either... Jaron Hall balls the F out. He balls out. And we find out we got we already got a gem. Okay? So you assign Kirk Cousins to, you know, we make the playoffs, maybe win a game, you know, whatever. But you sign you sign um Kirk to a two year extension, make JJ happy, and Jaron is your guy. And you can go into the draft and and get offensive linemen, you can get wide receivers, you can get D-backs, you can get whoever the hell you want. 
But at least if you know you have a gem in Jaren Hall, you don't need to waste a first or second round pick on a potential, you know, quarterback of the future. Worst case scenario, Jaron Hall goes out these next two games and plays completely ass. At that point, knowing you're resigning Kirk, you're going to draft a J.J. McCarthy maybe in the second round. Maybe you go after Bo Nix. Maybe you go after Penix. Whoever in the first round, and he's your quarterback of the future. And like I said, let me be very clear. I'm not saying I don't want the Vikings to make the playoffs. I think... In the next 120 minutes of regular season games that this team has, or sorry, minutes in the regular season this team has, their priority should be we need to see what we have in Jaron Hall instead of Nick Mullins is going to give us the best chance to win because we need to make the playoffs or Josh Dobbs is going to give us the best chance. To, no, fuck that. Fuck that. This team needs to find out what we have in Jaron Hall. And I say that. Because, oh my gosh, I wish he was our guy. I wish he didn't get injured. That drive he was leading us on, his arm looked strong. He was putting the ball exactly where the guys needed it to be. Man, he he looked like he was the real deal. And I hope he is. I really hope he is. Um, but, yeah. Unfortunately, like we were just talking about with the Timberwolves, um, we do control our destiny. But we do need a little bit of help. Our only hope at this point, now that we're out of contention for the NFC North, is we need to beat the Packers and the um, we need to beat the Packers and the Lions in Detroit, and then we need either Seattle or the Rams to lose one of their next two games, which I think should be very possible. But again, you never want to put yourself in a position um, to be. You know, your the fate of your season being dependent by somebody else's outcome. So, with that, um, I did this last week, but like I said, I know people didn't hear it. So, going into the last two weeks, these are how our predictions have gone for you guys. Once again, this is very much a podcast. Oh my gosh. Once again, this is very much a podcast, if you are new, where we keep track of our predictions and we, you know, go through them and see how well we've been doing. We hold ourselves accountable when there shit predictions and we're going to brag to you guys when they do hit. Um, so we did this last week, but like I said, uh, sounds like nobody could hear it. Again, my apologies for our technical difficulties. I'm hoping we had this um figured out um but yeah like i said we have we we do five um come the uh, nfl season we do five kind of predictions each week we guys we give you a lock that's going to hit uh cover the spread an upset that's either going to win outright or um uh upset the line um how our preseason viking games went and then our in-game predictions of our offensive prediction and our defensive prediction. And I have to say, I have mixed feelings this year about how everything's gone. So without further ado, out of our five, the one that's hitting the most for you guys is um, our locks. Um, 12 for 16, hit 75%. Um, doesn't really surprise me. I think last week at this time we were at like 80% or something like that. In the last couple of years that 
we've been pretty solid for you guys as far as locks are concerned. Um, and then weirdly enough, tied for second are um, our Vikings games and um, um, our in-game defensive predictions. Both have hit um, 9 of 15 times for 60%. Um, it was a bad, bad stretch for us <laughs> um, to start the year. But we've really been going off... Um, We've really been going out these last couple weeks. Um, week 14, Daniel Hunter had two sacks. That hit. Um, he was hot, so he said it was going to happen again in week 15. That hit. Um, and then just last week, we said the defense was going to get at least one fumble recovery. That hit for 9 of 15. <clears throat> and then, excuse me. Um, our upsets are actually fourth. We have them hitting seven of 16 times, um, which I'm a little upset with. Um, last year, I think we were doing better. 43.8% isn't completely shitty, but again, I expect more for myself, especially giving you guys this stuff. And then right behind that was the offense, which, man, our... Offensive predictions are very similar to the defense. Um, 42.9%, 7 of 15. Um, I mean, in our first nine games, only three offensive predictions hit. And again, um, the last uh, three weeks have hit for us, um, which has been which has been nice. So um, that's where we are with our predictions. Now, um, excuse me, now we will just um, get into the uh, meat and potatoes for you guys. So this week, um, our lock is going to be the Chicago Bears, who are three-point favorites over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, look, the Atlanta Falcons are not a great road team. They're not even a good road team as their offensive play calling and personnel execution. It virtually goes into um, the tank outside of Atlanta, especially in the elements. Um, Matt Eberflu's defense is overall, I think, just a bad matchup because it can be tough against the power run and take away anything outside. Um, and with that, I think uh, Justin Fields is going to be motivated to not only show the Falcons what they're missing in him as a dual-threat quarterback, but I also think he's going to be motivated to be giving the Bears second thoughts about taking a quarterback in this upcoming draft. I got the Bears winning this one decidedly 23-13. to 13. And then for the upset this week, we're going with the Tennessee Titans, who are five-point underdogs to the Houston Texans. Um, look, um, the this time around, the, te the Titans will keep showing good fight with Mike Rabel, but the offense, I just don't think, has enough juice be beyond the run. With either QB, I think they keep playing tough defense and might even get a break um, with CJ Stroud uncertain to return from his concussion. But I think Houston will be desperate to grind through a division game to keep its playoffs hopes alive with a defensive rebound. Similar to the last couple of weeks, like I've mentioned to you guys, I don't necessarily think the Titans are going to win this game. I just don't see the Texans winning by more than a field goal. So I actually have the Titans... Um, only losing this game 20-17. And then, like I said, I think 
I think um, the Vikings are going to win this game. Um, and I had them winning this game at the beginning of the season. Um, I think the key for this game for me is the fact that uh, earlier today, or not too much earlier today, it was announced that Jair Alexander um, is going to be out of the game, which in my opinion, regardless of who our QB is, I think JJ and Addison should both have great games because of that. Um, and um, on top of that, you know, you look back to the last game, a much different Vikings team marched into Lambeau and handed the Packers a loss earlier in the year. This time around, this weekend, we will be at home. Um, and regardless of who under, who is under center, center, we need to remember Justin Jefferson is still the best wide receiver in football. Um, and the Minnesota defense, even though banged up, I think is going to fluster Jordan Love, especially with pressures. Um, and it's also worth noting we sacked him four times um, in the last game. So uh, needless to say, the offensive prediction for this upcoming game, I think J.J. catches two TDs. And then defensively, I got uh, Daniil Hunter and um, Harrison Phillips combining for three sacks just by themselves. So that is what I have for our picks. So once again, um, we've been doing this for you guys all year. New thing we've been doing here um, with our three-game parlays. Once again, I am not liable for any losings. I'm not a financial advisor, so take all of my picks and potential parlays with a grain of salt. So if you placed a $100 bet at the Bears at minus three, the Titans at plus five, and the Vikings at minus two, you would win $611.57, $10 to win sixty-one sixteen, and $1 to win six twelve. So that is what I have for you guys today. Um, I really genuinely hope I should have said this at the beginning of the podcast. I hope everybody had a very, very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Um, and you were safe and had a lot of fun. But more importantly, we're coming up on another big uh, drinking holiday, um, New Year's Eve. So once again, have fun, stay safe, um, and uh, bring in the new year appropriately and all of us over here at Mini Weekend wish you the best of best to come in the um, um, in uh, 2024. So with that, I will leave you guys with Remember This Podcast about you guys, the listeners. If you have a question you want me um, to answer or have a topic you want me to address, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at Mini Weekend. And email is miniweekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.